E-fans are in a bad spot right now as the team has struggled to start the season. So we're opening up the mailbag to answer your questions. I repeat, your questions on why Nikola Jovic isn't playing, rookie Jaime Hakez's is potential, and yes, even a question about the possibility of trading Jimmy Butler. Plus, some statistics to show just how dire Miami's start has been on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Les Goldberg. Joining me as always, David Vermill. How are you tuning in? YouTube, Odyssey, your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We'll get to the emergency meter later in the show, but David, we had a bunch of questions come in uh, for our post game show after the Heat's loss to the Nets on Wednesday night that we couldn't get to in that episode. So we thought we could do a full mailbag episode to address all of these concerns, get to as many of these questions as we can. We do have one about a Jimmy Butler trade later on that should make for a fun debate, but let's just jump right in. Our first question here comes from Money Mitch, who writes in, (laughs) what I will be looking forward to will be the in-season tournament. Will it take the tournament to wake up Jimmy Butler? David, what do you think? The in-season tournament starting Friday night against the Washington Wizards at home at Kaseya Center. Starting tonight against the Wizards should be a fun experience there. At the same time, as much as I think the league is trying to build things up like we've seen jimmy shoot off just shoot down like the notion of making the all-star team or even an all-nba selection none of that i think really matters all that much to me to him uh so i don't think he's overly concerned with the in-season tournament i think he wants to get things right as far as uh straightening the ship out and, and making sure that everybody plays their best he wants to make sure that he plays his best i think he wants to win whatever game possible I don't think he's adding anything special to his game on Friday. He's not going to show out just because of the in-season tournament game. So I, I don't think it's going to provide any extra motivation because I think that's part of the concern is that with the in-season tournament right now, there's not much to motivate these players in terms of like any uh, benefit for them. Well, it's $500,000. Do you think $500,000? Yeah, for each player that wins the tournament. I do I wonder, think- even for a guy like Jimmy, who's making whatever, $34 million this year, 500 grand, still 500 grand. I do wonder how many there. I'm sure that some players are like, whatever. I'd rather just not play these games than make the 500 grand or whatever. But the NBA is trying to, the reason they're doing this is for player participation. That is the big initiative of this year is let's increase player participation. We've instituted the new 65 game minimum for play, uh, season awards. And we're trying to make this in season tournament with a player incentive because fans don't care if these players make another half million dollars. What do we care? Right? There's no incentive for fans to care about this in-season tournament, but there is an incentive for some players to care about it. Um, I do wonder if the 500 grand will make Jimmy Butler get up and say, you know what, maybe I will appro- uh, approach this a little bit more like April. The problem is I, I think that there's a, a fundamental question about what it is that's slowing Jimmy Butler down to start the season. And maybe it's a lack of motivation. Maybe it's a lack of care for games in October and November. Or maybe it's what's on the injury report right now, and there's some tendonitis in that knee, which only popped up on this injury report in the last couple of days, David. And I, and I But it explains a whole lot, doesn't it? I mean, this guy is – is he not – is he missing jumpers short? 
because he's not motivated or is he missing jumpers short because his knee is giving a problem and this knee that's given him problems for the last three ish years is sort of cropping up again. I think it might be more of that. And I don't know that some sort of made up in season tournament changes the status of his knee. You know what I mean? No. Yeah, no, if anything, it's, you know, with these games being played, it would be less motivation for him to play, you know, regularly. You can just say, Oh, somebody else to take over. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I think, yeah, I think the injury is more of a lasting concern, especially for the rest of the season. I, I don't know. Like, you know, Jimmy, we, we've talked about this. Like, the, the mileage is bound to just pile up. And, you know, we, we keep kind of saying, and I've been saying this for years, like, at what point do we start to see the the signs of Jimmy slowing down and Jimmy aging? And I don't know if it's going to be this year. Nobody knows for certain. But right now, he does not look at 100%. And it might just be something that time – can heal but at some point in everybody's career there's never enough time and you'll never get back to the way you were when you were in your mid-20s or even early 30s and for jimmy that could be a problem i don't know i I don't know i don't i don't claim to know how it is that tendonitis tendonitis works but that it's happened so early in the season after he didn't play in the preseason to me is concerning he's 34 years old at some point the age becomes a factor here and i think we're almost spoiled by somebody like lebron who's still yeah. doing what he's doing at 38 years old, that we forget that other ga- other guys just sort of age naturally. Like, And and Jimmy Butler is probably one of as great a shape as Jimmy Butler is in, and he is in terrific yeah. shape. At some point, the knee is just the problem. We saw this with Dwayne Wade. You know, at some point, he just, sorry, man, now you're, now you're a six man. And I'm not saying that Jimmy Butler is at that stage in his career. We, we're not that far removed from him being like Michael Jordan in the first two rounds of the playoffs. But right. um, I, I think it is something at least to monitor – uh, would the Heat be better off just shutting Jimmy Butler down for a little while because they kind of play better without him a little bit right now? If in this, when he's limited in this way, I wonder. Okay, would it be worth just shutting him down for a week or whatever, however long you think it is necessary, so that he can just fully get over this tendonitis thing? I don't know because I I just don't know that we're going to ever see him be be back to 100% or as close to as whatever he can get at this point in his, his life and his career. Like, I mean, he had the summer off. Whatever days he took off, you know, whatever games he should took off because he was practicing with a team, but whatever games he took off for the alleged dental procedure or not, like that's you still don't whatever. that happened. No, I do not. Like, I mean, I, I know a fellow media reporter said that he might be having a, a teeth straightening or something like that. I don't know. Those don't look any straighter to me. It don't really matter. Him, but. You should ask him to open his mouth and like, hey, do you have any wisdom yeah. teeth missing or something like that's, that? That's going to go over great. Yeah. I, was just, I can't wait for Jimmy to answer that. Um, Say ah. Uh. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. I, I think he's he's had rest already. I mean. That's just, the thing. I, like, It's not going to get any started. better. You barely did anything so far. And like, you could tell me that training, you know, suppose that we had a Hunger Games practice today. It's still practice, dude. Like I know it's the Heat, hungriest, most fear, dirtiest, nastiest team, whatever. It's still it's practice. on the jersey, yeah. right? It's on the New Jersey. It's still a practice, man. Like you're getting hurt in practice. No, no, you're not. So I don't know. It's it is concerning um, in terms of the in season tournament and its role here. I, maybe maybe there's a little bit like you know it's probably not black and white. There probably is a little bit of Jimmy Butler being like whatever. I don't care. It's October. It's November. And maybe a, an extra 500 grand in his pocket could motivate him to do a little bit more than what he's doing so far. Uh, but I, again, I don't think an, a made up in season tournament that the NBA just created out of thin air has anything to do with his right knee. And that's, this that is, me is more of the problem right now with him. 
This is not a mailbag question, uh, but what did you make of Bam Adebayo's comments in post-game presser yesterday? Because I don't, we weren't there for that particular statement because we wanted to record our recap and you had just been in the locker room. You saw what he said about the looming deadline, you know, about wanting to straighten things out and then, you know, before the deadline comes up because you never know what could happen regarding the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. That was an unusual reference. Do you, are you buying or selling that it's something that the team is concerned about? I think that's Bam basically acknowledging that this trade deadline could be important for this team and maybe even putting his teammates on notice a little bit. Like, hey, if you want to be on this team, step up. Otherwise, you're out of here. Damn. He's the captain of the team now. He is the captain of the team. That's a captain move. That's a captain move. That's You know what? You know who'd be proud of that? Udonis Haslam. He kept it real. He was there for his bros in that locker room, but if you weren't stepping up, he was... He was fine calling you out. I suppose so. It, it does seem a little unusual, but maybe it's the added responsibility. It is unusual for Bam. But yes. Yeah. But it's the added responsibility of being the captain. Like he leads the pregame kind of, you know, team circle and uh, he kind of gets everybody going. Now he has to be that kind of voice. If that's what it takes, you know, jabbing at a couple of guys and letting them know, hey, you want to, you want to step up. You want to, you want to, you have to play your best while you can uh, to help us turn this thing around. I don't know. That's interesting. Speaking of the trade deadline, instead of whales, should the Heat be going after swordfish? We're going to be talking about that next here on Locked On Heat. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. For the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James, Travis Kelsey, a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made, plus receptions. That's a good deal. I like that combination. Price Picks makes everything so much easier. They even offer a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games. If you've got a player who exits a game in the first half and does not return to second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. It's so easy to use. They make, again, daily fantasy sports so easy. So go to prizepicks.com right now slash NBA. That's prizepicks.com slash NBA and use the code NBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash NBA. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Continuing along with the mailbag here, we're going to get to our Miami Heat emergency forecast podcast later in this podcast. Yeah, it's a gimmick that I made up. And of course, you know, my gimmicks, David, are always way more complicated than they need to be. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's what's did coming you get up the re- did, did you get the whiteboard back to Pat Riley's office? Or were you able to sneak it in in time, or do you think he still knows it's not missing? Put it under the I put it under the doormat for him. Next to a key, right next to the Dwayne key. Dwayne's Dwayne not coming back to save the season. Sorry, I mean he might be in good shape too, but he's not coming back to play. I would rather watch Dwayne Wade at forty years old, however old he is, limp his way into twelve points a game than whatever is happening right now. Anyway, um. We do have a trade question, a couple of trade questions actually coming up, but let's get to this one from Andrew can do it all. People say Jaime Jaquez Jr. doesn't have star potential, but he's the same age Jimmy was 
when Jimmy entered the league. Spo seems like he'll let him compete for the starting four spot by the end of the year. We have a two-timeline approach team right now. Could he be a Jimmy Butler slash top 12-ish player in the future? What is his ceiling? David, what do you think? Man, that just that would seem like such an incredible rise. And I I, you know, we we talked about it, I think during the preseason in terms of what Jaime Hawkins' potential could be. And I was a lot lower on it than you were because I thought there was kind of a cap on mm-hmm. what he'd be able to do over the course of his career. But, I mean, it's a legitimate question that we just have no way of forecasting. Like, I don't think anybody saw Jimmy Butler being the late pick that he was in the draft and where his role was in that version of the Chicago Bulls team with Derrick Rose and Joaquin Noah and, and Luol Deng and everything else like that. But he just provided a spark that Tim Thibodeau, uh, Tom Thibodeau needed for that roster, like, you know, a defensive mm-hmm. guy off the bench who could help out in the, in the backcourt. And he just worked and worked and worked. Cause that's he was like what, is. um, he was like what Josh Okogie is now for the Phoenix Suns. And now, and that it would literally be like Josh Okogie four years from now becoming a top 15 player. It was a little bit like that. Wasn't it? I mean, at least yeah, a lot he was of a first things, round pick, but that, that yes, was, yeah. A lot of things have to break right there. Like, I mean, yeah. eventually he got a bigger role. Yes. But then Derek Rose wound up, you know, succumbing to injury and guys left the team or traded. Things change, roles change, and Jimmy kept getting yes. commensurately better season and after that big, season. So. Uh, playoff series against LeBron. Remember, everybody mm-hmm. that basically defended LeBron won the MVP between him, Paul George, and Andre Guadala. If you like if you held LeBron to 27 points, you were like a Hall of Famer. Um yeah. but it's a high ceiling. It's a, it's high, a high ceiling, ceiling. and it's unfair. I mean, but Jaime Hakez right now as the 18th pick looks like one of the steals in the draft, and I think that's fair. And I think he's only going to get more rotation time as the season goes on. I, I think Spolstro is going to have a really hard time keeping him off the floor. Um, and I think that much has been proven already, and, and it will only bear out, I think, further as the season goes on. The interesting thing to this question about uh, to me is we have a two-timeline team now. And I think it's a really great observation by Andrew here because I've kind of been hinting at that and saying it and in, 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 in not even as clear as that in the past, but you've got the Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry kind of conglomerate here, uh, basically running things in Miami. And then you've also, but if you just sort of remove them from the roster, he'd have the ninth oldest roster in the league right now when you wait like minutes played and who actually gets rotation time and all these things, they have the ninth oldest roster in the league. That's according to the ringer, Zach cram, who did a good piece on age uh, recently. But um, if you remove Jimmy and Kyle from, and, and I guess Kevin love too, oh, out of the rotation, this team's really young. You're looking at bam at 26 years old, Tyler at 23, Jaime Hakas jr. Nikola Jovic, a bunch of other young guys. Like Caleb Martin's actually on the older side of that spectrum at like 28 years old, right? And so, but still, it's a really young team. And so they are operating on a little bit of a two-timeline thing right now. The problem is that these timelines, first of all, don't really add up because the first timeline has such a small window of maybe a couple of years at most here with Jimmy Butler, uh, it seems. And then the other window has a really long runway, but I don't know if it's necessarily a championship window if you're building around Bam and Tyler Hero. It's a playoff window, but I don't know if it's a championship window. Um, yeah. And and the other part of this, too, is like these two timelines, like the players in, in their respective timelines don't really go together. Like there's an on-court chemistry problem with Tyler and Jimmy. Mm. That it, and the, the top three players on this roster between Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler, I'll throw Bam out of bio in this mix, like their games don't really mesh. 
Like they they succeed because of heart hustle and coaching and whatever it is that the Miami Heat culture thing is. But like just in terms of like an X's and O's tactically, like what it is that their skill sets are, they don't match at all. They do not play off each other well, even a little bit. They only do it because all their basketball IQs collectively are so high that they just figure it out uh, on the margins. But I think it's an interesting point to make. That's a that's a hell of a bomb you just dropped right there. I mean, that's you you kind of buried the lead, right? Like that's you disagree uh, though. I, I, maybe it's an overstatement to a certain degree, but it's it's not. You're not a hundred percent off base. Like I mean, all those guys I'll operate basically in the in the mid range, and and so right. That's the problem. Yeah, watching the game, watch rewatching the game, or at least part of it, because I mean, it was just I knew what was coming. Like it's man. And then watching some other NBA basketball games, it's like, huh, you know, you've got guys <laughs> that are open from three point range and they take the shot. I didn't think that was something that you could do after watching just enough Miami. Heat or even basketball. you run a pick and roll and you get all the way to the basket. I wrote the I wrote a piece for all you can heat.com and a mail a, a separate mailbag piece here, breaking all this down like mathematically, believe it or not, me. But it was basically taking the rate. Somebody for- check your work. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> sent it to uh i sent it to somebody um it was you take the formula to calculate offensive rating and you say like even if everybody on the heat basically shot 50 percent from mid-range it basically ends up being the worst offense in the nba since 2016 <laughs> it's an offensive rating of 100 now that's obviously an unrealistic thing of 100 percent of your shots are coming from long twos but man it look it, it feels like it's close to that with the heat right they're getting they're get, I've got some numbers later, but they're not taking threes at the right rate. They're not getting to the rim hardly at all. Most of their shots are just long twos. And like I said, if everybody on this team is basically prime Michael Jordan from long two range, that's the worst offense in the league since 2016. Just yes. from an offensive efficiency standpoint. Like it's just, and yet you think about all their sweet spots. Where's Jimmy Butler's sweet spot? That little leaner in the paint about eight feet out. That's his sweet spot. Bam Adebayo, the free throw line jumper. Tyler Hero wants to dribble into a contested long two-pointer. That's These are these guys' sweet spots right on the elbow. It doesn't make for an efficient offense. Um, all right, to, let's move on. To, to, ra- oh, to wrap it up real quick with another point here, Jaime Hawkins has to develop a three-point shot because it's just a different era of basketball. Like Jimmy could become the player that he is today without the three-point shot because it wasn't necessarily as much of a priority in 2011-12 when he first joined the league. But at this point in time, I don't know that he'd be able to get to the, the level he has, but given the opportunity, given all the the free range to have the ball in his hands as much as he has without the long range yeah. shot in his arsenal. So it's going to be tough to be, have like that Jimmy Butler status, top 12 ish player in the league without the three point shot where this league is going. Jimmy might have yeah. been the last of them, right? And so DeMar, uh, yeah, him and DeMar. Yeah, exactly. Billy from Cleveland writes in, wanted to express my condolences that you actually have to watch the pathetic excuse of effort that has been the heat this season. But what I find really pathetic is this damn chasing whales talk. Gordon Hayward, LaMarcus Aldridge, Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, James Harden. You know what all those whales have in common? They have never put on a Miami jersey despite endless amounts of time linked to them by free agency or trade demands. Like to stick to the Moby Dick and Marine Animals references, we already have two whales in Jimmy and Bam and a dolphin in Tyler. We don't need whales. We need stingrays. We need swordfish and octopuses. I think it's octopi. I don't know. I think it's both, actually. Okay. We need players like Boyan Bogdanovich, Christian Wood, Buddy Heald, Miles Turner, Seth Curry. We need real 
role players. Right now, our whales are surrounded by jellyfish, tuna, and some broken coral. When we have gone out and caught big fish instead of whales, it has made a huge difference for us. Having players like Andre Wadala, Jay Crowder, P.J. Tucker, Kyle Lowry have been the reason the Heat have been to two finals and three conference finals in the last four years. Not even a question, Jay, David, but just a it's wonderful a email that we get from Billy here, a loyal listeners of ours for a long time here. Yep. Uh, I don't even know if I need to respond to it. I just loved it. No, it's great. But I, I will say, I, I think the Bogdanovich option is really, really tantalizing. Like, I know you were all in on it last year, and I was like, no, I think they've got enough. Ooh. But I, I, you, oh boy, you on Bogdanovich, I was sort yeah, of in yeah. on it. I was sort of in on it. I want to say all in on it. Okay. Okay. Do you think he would fit with this roster better right now? Uh, well, he's injured for four more weeks, but after that, maybe. Um, I, I could write. He's better he than could write it out for four more weeks. Think, I mean, despite Billy's concerns about our here's the problem with the trade thing is yeah. we're only like two weeks into the season. I know the Heat are ready to to make a deal, you know, according to this email and whatever. But I don't know that there's another like the Pistons. Why would they make a trade right now? They have no reason to like no other teams have a reason to make a trade right now again it's why i was banging the table for james harden is because the sixers were ready to trade him and you can get him in your building right now before the season goes too upside down by the deadline in february that he could be out of this thing instead of buyers they could be sellers you know and i obviously don't think that they i don't predict that they would be but they could be in the position where they ought to sell maybe is a better way to put it um so i don't i i don't know but i i do you and i have had this conversation a couple times even this week we agree stop Stop going for the Moby Dick that you ultimately never catch, right? At the end of the book, I'm pretty sure that's how that ends. Um, but go for go for your stingrays, go for your swordfish, go for your octopi. Those are tasty, helpful animals. Like I don't know, I don't know. I, it's I like a little charred yeah, octopus as an appetizer. It's nice. Oh, I've never a little had bit it. of lemon. Oh. Yep, never had it. Um, should try it. Yeah. You should try it. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, <laughs> let's. Uh, Let's talk about Nikola Jovic. Let's talk about the possibility of Jimmy Butler getting traded after this here on Locked on Heat. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any one winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better team to get in on the better time, excuse me, to get in on the action right now with the NFL and NBA season in full swing. The app, so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL and NBA. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen Every day, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. We'll be back for our everydayers on Monday with a recap of what happened over the weekend. Let's continue on with the mailbag before we get to the Miami Heat state of emergency forecast here. This question comes from Richard Worka, who writes in, is there any view of where Jimmy might get traded? I love let's just skip right over the would the Heat trade Jimmy Butler, and we're skipping right over to that too. Where is he going? I got three teams for you, David. Are you ready? No. I'm not. I, I just want to Next go on question, record then. as saying no. I no. I want. I'll hear him. And I think if, if you know, Richard asked the question, and maybe some of our listeners would want to know if they'll even entertain it. But I, I will say this, at least from my perspective, I don't think they ever should or would trade Jimmy Butler. Like I think maybe we half-heartedly 
discussed the possibility at some point last year, but I don't think it's a realistic option. Like I know if you're going to be stuck in terms of like his contract demands a couple years from now and what that might entail. And whether not a couple of years is- from now, it's coming up this summer. That conversation yeah. happens this summer. I mean, for a contract extension that takes him beyond yeah. what? Yeah. So you don't have to, you don't have to renegotiate this year. No, but he's going to want to. I mean, you're going to have to have that conversation with Bernie Lee at some point. Right. Sure. Yeah. I so, mean, for now, Jimmy seems like he's content here. And I don't think that's going to oh, sure. change either. Uh, even if they were, I even even if they were bad, I don't think they'll miss the playoffs bad. But even if they were that level, I don't know that Jimmy would necessarily like, he would want changes to be made, but I don't think he's going to request a trade. It's and a good so point. I just, yeah, I just don't see it happening. I, I, unless Jimmy is like really a very, very, very good actor, and I don't think he is. I don't think he's disappointed with the, with the way things are going right now. Like he's upset and to um, the point that, that he wants to keep winning. But anyway, like let's say let's say he storms into Pat's office, like Coach you, Pat. You keep putting this on Jimmy though, like that he would have to demand a trade in order for a trade to happen. But I, I if the Heat don't want to give him the extension, and they're okay, well, we're not going to give him yeah. an extension. So what are we going to do? Could they, but that's not to entertain during the season. season trade them. No, not during the that's, season. Okay, not. okay. So I think Richard is saying like, and a lot of people like we like we post these videos every day, and a fair share of our listeners and viewers are commenting, "Trade Jimmy, restart, lean into the youth movement, etc." A Jimmy trade is not happening this season during the season unless Jimmy Butler specifically goes into that's Coach a, Pat's office and yeah. makes a request. That's a good point, uh, and you owe it too much, and you have to respect last season's run enough to not do that in the middle of the year even i would say that and i'm the most like hey the regular season matters let's have some fun uh guy here but yeah you can't trade jimmy in the middle of the year unless this team is i mean they would have to be in a bad way by february like like 10 games under 500 and just but even then you can sell them you can sell them on the having the number one pick you know this isn't what happened with dame lillard like we're years and years of growing frustration like they they uh, went yeah. further last year than Lillard ever did in, in Portland, so I don't think it's I don't think it's apples to apples. Um, like I, I even if you're if you're that bad, you could say, hey, guess what? We got a nice number one pick coming up. That's yeah. going to be a, a hell of a draft asset that we can use to rebuild our roster, to retool yeah. it rather, or trade it for another player. But yeah, no, that's fair. It's all that's fair. what I mean. But yeah, yeah I yeah. like I, I'm you and I agree. It's not happening anytime soon. But let's say it. Let let's let's. Let's kick the can down the road. Let's look at this summer, and let's say the Heat is, hey, we're not going to give you the contract extension. What do you want to do? And Jim Butler's like, well, if you're not going to give me the extension, I'm looking around, and I don't have really a chance to win here. And maybe whatever. Stuff happens. Crazy stuff happens in the NBA all the time. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that these two sides decide to divorce over the summer. And let's just say, based on this question, hypothetically, that that's exactly what happens. I've got three teams for you, and then we can move on. The first team I've got is Memphis. I think the, oh. the Grizzlies already tried to do this with Marcus Smart and it hasn't worked where they get like a mature voice in that locker room to kind of hold those young guys accountable. Jimmy Butler could be that guy, at least no. hypothetically. I mean, yeah, I know yeah. it worked out great in Minnesota and in Philadelphia. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I can see the Grizzlies like talking. The, and by the way, he plays a, like the, literally the only position of need for them is a small forward. Jimmy Butler would be a perfect fit there in terms of positional need and what it is that they need on the court. So I just I threw Memphis out there. Would they be willing to do like Zaire Williams, uh, Marcus Smart, Brandon Clark? You know, stack a few of those chunky salaries together, throw some draft picks at Miami, and, and put an offer on the table. Yeah, sure, I could see that. Um, the point and- guard Miami needs Marcus Smart. Now we'd have two defensive player of the years on the on the roster. 
Atlanta. Oh, they're always looking for wing help. They got a bunch of young guys. Would they throw like a DeAndre Hunter and uh, Jalen Johnson kind of group together and, and some picks? Maybe I could see that. Uh, he might not be psyched to trade him to a division rival, but I could see them at least putting a call in. And then the other one is Houston. Jimmy Butler is a Houston native. Um, they're not good, and I think they wanted to be good, right? They signed Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks. They've got these other guys that they're really excited about, Jabari Smith, Sangoon, uh, Green. They've got these guys that they're excited about. Could you throw Jimmy Butler in that mix to really raise the floor for that group? I could see them maybe saying, you know what, let's just let's just like take a swing here. Those are the three hey. teams I came up with, uh, but that's all. Crazy theoretical here. I, I, I can imagine somebody would probably – think it's a good point. Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry for Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet and like draft picks. Mm. Would you entertain that? Like it gets you off of Lowry's salary. You get a good point guard in Van Vliet. Is it worth even considering? What's Van Vliet's contract? He just signed it, right? So it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, two years. I'm I'm not, you know me. I'm not a Van Vliet guy. I think he's maybe been the most overrated NBA Twitter nerd guy in the league wow. for like three years. He had one wow. good year. I'm like, yeah. I'm sort of out on him. You hate um, overachievers. I, I really do. <laughs> and look, he's like really friendly with the media. So like Toronto media really hyped him up. Wow. And he's like, I'm just like, I don't see it. Like he's a small point guard who's not an efficient jump shooter. Like, and he's an okay defender that you can shoot over. Like I, I don't, I never really saw it with him. He had one wow. good year and they won the championship come, and when he was coming off the bench. So I don't want to hear it. Um. So yeah, the answer is no, but would I entertain it? I would entertain it. Like, I don't know, like a Saturday morning cartoon for 20 minutes. And then I'd realize what I was watching and then I would change the channel. Um, you you want Dylan one, Brooks in a heat roster? Sorry. Uh, I don't care, but I think our cameramen might have an issue with it. Um, our next question comes from free Jovich who writes in why the decision to draft Jovich, but never play him. Yeah, I think it uh, comes down to the defensive issues. I think that's been the biggest concern. I think yep. the reason why Jaime Hakez is getting playing time is because he's showing point. a lot more on the defensive end than Nikola Jovic did even last year, you know, as a rookie yeah. and now this year as a sophomore. So I think he's still young. I, I, I don't think he's as bad as Spo might believe, but I think it's enough of a concern where he's not going to do – he can't do enough offensively. This isn't like Michael Beasley and your second overall pick that year where you kind of need something out of him. You know that Beasley is going to give up a lot defensively, but what he did was – you know he made up for it to some degree offensively where he was basically a net neutral on his playing time, but he was also the second overall pick, and you kind of have to throw him out there. This is a completely different situation. I wonder if things would be reversed now or different anyway. It, you know, than they were in 2008 when Spo just took over the team for the first time. He might say, I don't give a damn what this rookie, where he was cha- chosen in the draft. He can't play defense worth a damn. We're not going to play him. So well, that I, team was know, a, I think it was a very yeah. different situation, right? You had Dwayne Wade, obviously superstar, but then outside of that, it was like uh, Michael Beasley's kind of already our second best player, even with all these faults. You know what I mean? Wow. So, I mean, Mario Moon erasure here. Jeez. Um, history will forget Jamario Moon, unfortunately. But um, uh, no, I this team is just they're trying to win right now. You nailed it with the defensive issues. Spode just, just doesn't trust him. And look, there's been moments where he's on the court right now, and I see even Jaime Hakez pointing him in the right direction defensively. Like he's a little lost defensively at the NBA level. Rebounding is very hit or miss, right? I know he had like 11 rebounds the other night. Uh, that's not the norm for him. And unless the offense is really clicking. He doesn't really add anything. So you're really kind of going out on a limb there when you when you put him in the rotation. 
I, you and I are very big fans of Nikola Jovic. I think that there's a lot of good things that he, when he gets on the court, the tempo tends to ratchet up, and I think that's good for Miami. I would like to see him in there with that second unit a little bit more. The real problem is whose minutes does he take? You could anybody could just say you're like he should play and he should play and he should play. All right, well who's coming out of the rotation? Because Spoh's not going 13 deep in this thing. You know what I mean? So it's Haywood Highsmith's got to be in it. Caleb Martin, when he's healthy, is going to have to be in it. It sounds like Jaime Hawkins Jr., as much as he has to be on the court, he might not even be out of the rotation. Is Josh Richardson losing minutes? All these things. I, I got a, We had another question about, you know, maybe he should take Kyle Lowry's minutes. They don't play the same position. That doesn't make any sense. So you're looking at the forward group. Whose minutes does he take? That's a real, that's a real question. Maybe Kevin Love, but, like, for all the warts of Kevin Love's game and the fact that he is aging – He's still a more reliable player on a night-to-night basis than Nikola Jovic is. You have rebounding, you have basketball IQ with him, you have the threat of him spacing the floor, where their other opponents, they see Kevin Love, a Hall of Famer, and they say, we got to close out on him. I don't know that they feel that way about Nikola Jovic. Even make or miss doesn't even matter. Just the fact that they're closing out and spacing the floor that way. So that's really the reason there. And it's why I've been also arguing, by the way, that this need, this team kind of needs a consolidation trade by the deadline to make room for the Hakezes and the Jovic's. Because I think if you don't basically win the championship this year, the best thing you might be able to accomplish this season is finding out what these two guys are and whether or not they're, A, part of your long future and building blocks, yeah. Or B, can you build up their trade value to make that move that you've been trying to make over the last couple of years? Because if they're just sitting on the bench not playing, they're not going to have a whole lot of trade value. But if they're out there and pressing, that changes a little bit. All right, that was it for our mailbag questions. Um, quickly, David, I know we're running out of time here, but I've got my Miami heat state of emergency forecast game. Are you ready for this? Yeah, why not? So here's how it works. I'm going to do this almost like in a hurricane meter type situation, right? We're doing a state of emergency. We've got her. We've got a hurricane forming off the coast, right? It's just right outside of the Bahamas right now about to make landfall on the East coast of Florida and we're deciding is this a hurricane one is it a hurricane five like what kind of what kind of panic are are, are we talking about here so hurricane one so you're gonna be able to rate all i'm gonna give you some statistics here and you get to tell me all right are you approaching that that statistic like you're approaching getting ready for a hurricane like one or hurricane five so hurricane one for people that don't know hurricanes uh, for our listeners not based in south florida or hurricane one is like all right like i got some water uh, but basically I'm not making plans this weekend, right? It's that's, that's sort of what that is. A hurricane three is all right. Let's make sure the generator's working. Let's get the shutters out. Let's, let's, let's stock up on some water and canned goods and stuff. But I'm not, I'm not like freaking out here. I'm just, I'm prepared for the worst case scenario. But wow. I'm not freaking out. You, you really are underselling how severe some of these hurricanes have been. A cat three is pretty severe. Okay. That's cat like, five. that's a cat two ish. All right. All right. A category five is like, full-blown lock it all up we're evacuating okay so we got a hurricane one a hurricane three and a hurricane five you can you don't you're not beholden to those three you could tell me a hurricane two or her category five four right. like i got you. one to five scale i got all you. right first thing offensive rating for the heat this year is 104.8 that's ranked 24th in the nba what category hurricane is that it's a cat one. I don't even shrug that off. That was where they were last. That's better than they were last year or comparable, right? So I, I in don't terms know. of ranking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not overly concerned. I, I want to see some improvement and I don't know that we're going to get it. Mm. But for now, I'm not overly concerned. I'm a little bit more concerned than you are, but I'm not surprised. Right. I guess it's sort of what you're saying too. It's like, what were your expectations? We were kind of wondering, like, could this team be in the top 20 
They're 24th right now. I guess the answer is no. I don't know. Um, five games in. We'll see. Defensive rating, 110.7. That's 17th in the NBA. The defensive rating by itself is actually good. That that's actually that would have ranked third in the NBA last season, but we're talking with small sample sizes. Um, yeah. Five games in. I think there are some issues defensively, though, and, and especially – Considering you know injury has been a problem too, so I'll go a little higher on that. Maybe cat too. So you're talking more like eye test type of thing more than the stats because I, I think I'm with you. I'm a little concerned about what they they're doing defensively. What's your biggest concern defensively? Uh, I, I feel like they've given up a lot of easy looks, and as they're incorporating some new personnel, not everybody is connected. It's not the the five on a string that everybody mm. loves to talk about. It's just very, you know, again, guys like Josh Richardson, who were supposed to be an upgrade defensively over a Max Struess, that hasn't been the case. Like, he looks a little discombobulated out there. Thomas Bryant is going to have defensive issues. Hakez is going to have problems. Jovic is going to be his problems. With no Haywood Highsmith there, kind of as a stabilizing presence. No you know, Caleb. Kevin Love is, yeah, no Caleb. And those guys that have been part of the system for a couple of years and are certainly plus defenders. Yep. I, I think it's been a concern. So I, I'll say a cat um, two for now, but I think it could stabilize. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go cat three because if you're gonna be bad defensive, offensively, you need to be elite defensively. And I don't know that this team is going to be elite defensively this year. Um, their point of attack defense is atrocious. I mean, you, you have Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero starting, and you've got Josh Richardson coming off the bench, and he's not been to your point the defensive presence that you thought maybe he would be. They have no like when you're going. We haven't like seen the Heat have to defend an elite quick point guard yet this season when that happens there is this group is going to get exposed in a in a big way and and um i'm a little bit worried about that uh our next one three point attempts 33 per game on the low end it's on a low end 33 it feels against uh the rest of the league it's on the low end wow yeah i don't i i can't see them even maintaining that level like i I know you prefer them to always you know, a forty benchmark is always what you look to. I, I don't think they're going to get close. Oh, what to I look so to, again, Ulster looks to. Yeah, well, I would say then this might be more like a cat three. I guess I'm there because I also don't see the way out right now. We got Duncan Robinson and, and Tyler Hero, who I've been saying they have to combine for 20, 22 three point attempts per game to even reach the forty mark. Like they have, you look at this personnel who's taking threes on this roster at a high volume. It's really only those two guys. Um, and they're averaging 15.6 combined three-point attempts per game. That's not even close to what they need to be at. I, I was re-watching a game yesterday, and and honestly, like Duncan had some of those same open looks that he he's passing up now. And I, like he needs he to dribble now, what he was. Yeah, I, I love that. I do love that. And I, I, I will not be shamed for loving that. I think that the kind of versatility, because we saw what happened when he was just so – everybody was so hyper aware of the fact that what he was going to do that it was a problem for him to get a shot off. But, man, we need to go back to where he was a few years ago when he broke on the scene in the first place. Like, he was just rising up and pulling up on dudes. Like, his shot's not going to get blocked. He's 6'7". Like, he's... Yeah. You, you, get, you can I'm stick your weapon yamas and your Mobley's on him. he's excited to show everybody what he can do, right? He's like a kid that just learned how to do a front flip into the pool. And he's like, Mom, look, watch. Mom, 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 look. Look what I can do. And everybody's like, yeah, that's cute. That's great. But can, for Duncan Robinson, it's like, it's great that you can, like, dribble and make a layup now. 
but we just just do the threes. That's what this team needs you from you. Like this team has enough guys who can hit a floater, right? Like that's kind of a problem for this team. You've got to hit the threes. Um, all right, restricted area field goal attempts and percentage. Okay, so this is the amount of attempts they get in the restricted area. They're ranked twenty seventh in the NBA. This They're making them at a sixty percent clip, clip, which is six worst. Sixty percent is not good when you're right at the basket. That's you forget battening down the hatches. This is call your loved ones and say goodbye at this oh point. I don't know that. The, yeah, right. I mean, that's a little. Uh, sorry, that was a little extreme. But yeah, I think it. <laughs> cat four, cat five. No, cat five's good. Cat five's good. Because what's the out? Who's getting to the rim a bunch on this team? You know, we talk about three pointers all the time, but this team doesn't also have like a Giannis type of. I mean, nobody really does other than Milwaukee. But you know what I'm trying to say, like. Who's yeah, the vertical yeah. threat who's getting to the basket all the time? This team also ranks near the, the bottom Damn. of the league every year in dunks, just straight up dunks. And those are really efficient shots. They're not just highlights, right? Like those are the most efficient shots that exist are dunks. And we kind of uh, uh, equate efficiency with three-point shots. The shots at the rim are literally the most efficient shots in the league, not the three-pointer. And they don't get nearly enough of them. And it's all these floaters and all these things that, great, you hit them at a 50% clip at best, and this is why, by the way, these leads by the fourth quarters keep dwindling, right? It's because you could do this in a small sample size, but the more time, the more basketball you play and the more other teams are taking shots at the rim and from beyond the arc, the easier it is gonna, it's going to be for these teams to catch up to you. And that's basically what's been happening here. The Heat have been outscored in every fourth quarter except one, which was against Milwaukee when the Bucks took their foot off the gas. And that's really the only reason that he got back into that. And they were down 20-something. Yeah. yeah. And what and they yeah, and they lost the game anyway. So yeah. um, all right. Um, let's do one more here. Jimmy Butler, 7.5 free throw attempts. Per game. Tropical depression. Not even not even a category for one. I'm with you on that. Once the knee gets better, he should be better. All right. That'll do it for today's locked on heat. Thanks for making locked on heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app.